Welcome to March to the Pod, presented by Eternal Roofing. We are your consistent source for Sam Houston Athletics. This episode, hey, the Cats cleaned up dirty old Rustin with an impressive victory. We're going to recap that win over La Tech and look ahead to Western Kentucky. And is that another win for the Cats? We'll see. Basketball season is in full swing. And we'll recap last week's games and look ahead to this week's contests. I'm your host, Corey Hogue, the non-FBS insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Find me on your favorite social media channels, at Corey Hogue Sports. I'm joined by the creator and manager of Sports of SHSU. That's all one word, Sports of SHSU, on Twitter and Instagram. The chief operating officer of Cat Fund and proud Bearcat alum, Ben Sorrells. Ben? The weather has been pretty nice lately, um, but I'm thinking that means now's the time to get those roof inspections done. Yeah, get it in before uh, before you need it. And I know snow season's coming here pretty soon, and uh, you never know what you'll get here in Texas with uh, with leaks and power going off. So yeah, definitely get your things or your your house intact and ready to go, and know who you need to call if you do need to. Yeah, you don't you don't know if your power is gonna stay on. You have no idea how much ice is gonna build up on your roof because we don't get snow, we just get ice, right? Yeah. Not the good stuff, just just the good old ice. That's right. But if you do want to get your roof inspected, which we highly recommend, we know who to contact. And you contact our friends at Eternal Roofing, Taylor Andrus and Company would be more than happy to get you hooked up and get, get you, they'll look at the roof. They'll get you anything you need to know. And, and they're going to give you honest inspections and a detailed inspection at that. If you need that, like we recommend, give them a call. The Hill Country office number is 830-251-5673. The Montgomery office, area code 936-215-8539. And if you prefer email, you can email Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at eternalroofingtx.com. So, Ben, I have a question for us here, but I think I'm going to actually um, pivot just slightly because if I'm talking and you guys see my eyes start darting off one way or another, it's coaching carousel time, man, and things are are spinning and they've, they've started – Saturday, they started Saturday morning early with good old Jimbo. And, uh, man, it's going hot and heavy right now. Yeah, and not saying Houston coaching carousel. We're, we're all good here for, for the time being from what it looks like. So not us, but, yeah, definitely around the country. Things are heating up and things move quickly, that's for sure, especially in this day and age. They do. They, they move very fast. And, and you know, I, I'm curious, too, because you, you said not at Sam Houston and, look, I get it. You lose so many in a row, you're not used to it. Rumors and, and murmurs are going to start. But that was, that felt like a difference maker Saturday. Like, it wasn't in doubt. The Cats came out early, and they took momentum, and they kept it, and then they built on it in the second half. And see, that's the thing I think I was most impressed with, that maybe they've turned that corner where they can mitigate some of that depth that that's been an issue at FBS. So I'm wondering, did that calm the fan base any? I think a little bit. I think it was more of just everybody kind of taking a collective breath. Like, okay, we can do it at this level. I think a lot of us have known we can because we've been one play away so many times, but to actually go, on the road and do it and finish the job. I think everybody could just kind of take a breath, which was really nice. And like you said, I think it was the first full complete game, all 60 minutes they played. We've seen them play a lot of good halves, not a lot of full games of good football or maybe a quarter, but not a whole half. So it was good to see all four quarters and just being consistent and um, being out in front pretty much all day, if not all day from the jump. I mean, they got on them early and uh, stayed up and it was a great game. They, they took their will away is what, what it looked like to me. Like they really just, you know, La Tech at home. For, well, it was homecoming, right? And, and like by halftime, it felt like, you know, the texters or whatever they want to call themselves, um, 
that they had just given up. Like they already knew the cats were better, man. It's going to be hard to be a rivalry if they're not even going to give us a challenge. I know. Right. And I love what Keeler said um, post game on the sideline in his post game press conference. Also that they're going to have to out energy teams to win games the rest of this year with where they're at with injuries and with depth. And I think we clearly saw which team wanted to win that game more and which team came in with more energy. And that's the team that won. And I think it's a kind of a simple formula for them to win. I mean, you just got to come in with more energy. And if you do, I, you can play with really anybody in this conference. I agree, which makes our third leg very compelling today for those listening. The third leg is where we're going to predict and preview Western Kentucky. And is this momentum, and I'll tell you, that that win over Kennesaw, while it was ugly, while it was contentious, while nobody came away happy, it seemed. It, it feels like them just knowing they could come back, they could get that win, they can do it, that just knowing that just changed the entire week. And, of course, as you know, positivity breeds positivity, same way negativity breeds negativity. So as soon as you get that positive feeling – if you can build on that, and they did, now it could really start rolling down a hill, man. Yeah, I mean, just like the snowball was going one way the first six, seven, eight weeks of the season, it can go one way, uh, especially in the back half of the year with a lot of teams starting to mail it in. And if you've got something to play for and something to prove, and like Coach Keeler said, you just got to keep stacking wins and stacking wins. And uh, yeah, the Kennesaw game, while it wasn't pretty, like you said, you found a way to make winning plays. You figured out what it was like to win a football game, how good it felt, and you want to get back to that feeling again. So hopefully the snowball keeps going in the right direction. Well, they've got two games left. And, uh, you know, they're still on They're still on track. If they win out, they uh, they cover the over-under. They, they get a push right there of four. Right. Yeah. And Middle Tennessee is looking like a very winnable game and we'll get into this one later, but yeah, I got to take care of business this week and we'll talk a little bit more about that one later. Yeah, no, you can't, you cannot look past no. the Hilltoppers. If you start doing that, then uh, yeah, we're, we're down the wrong path. We, Sam Houston ain't there. We can't overlook teams and still squeak by a victory. There's not that kind of talent yet no. at the Bearcats at FBS. There was at FCS. There is no longer that leash is not there. Uh, and that was a good win. And we're going to get into more of that here in a second. But first, want to let you know that we are a podcast on the Republic of Football Network and an extension of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Please like and subscribe to the podcast and follow us on various social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and threads at March to the Pod. That's the word March, the number two, the pod, all one word. And if you're watching us on Dave Campbell's YouTube page, a fine hello to you. And if you really are listening and you feel like you need to see this ugly mug, go to Dave Campbell's YouTube page. It'll be sitting there and it ain't going to be pretty. I can tell you that much. But what was pretty, Ben, was, and it was a beatdown. It was 14 to 6 at halftime. And then they just, they kept going. LaTeX tried to make a little run. They got back within eight. Sam responded every time, and that is what we want, needed to see from our Cats last week. Right, yeah. Like I said, and like we both said a couple minutes ago, complete game, which was big to see, and I, I love the quick start. What did I say last week? The key to this game was a quick start. Um, huge uh, run on the first play the, or the first drive of the game, 52-yard touchdown run, mm -hmm. and then you followed up with a three and out. Um, so right there, the first couple drives, you're coming out hot and you've got a 14, three lead early in the second quarter. Um, and it's just really the next man up mentality. Also. I mean, you got a linebacker playing running back. You've got a walk on red shirt, sophomore wide receiver playing running back. And, um, you've got your backup tight end catching touchdowns. And that was just so good to see. And just so good to see these guys put a complete game together. And, um, it just really feels like they're building something offensively. And the defense has started to kind of find their footing once again, which is really good. And they're really starting to force some turnovers these last couple of weeks also. So um, all three phases of the game, I thought they looked really good. Even in the kick and punt return where they've struggled some this year, I thought they, they looked pretty good. So I feel like there's a lot of progress being made um, in each individual unit and as a team. And we've kind of seen that these last two weeks. 
I would have to agree. And I think the defense is, I mean, we expect the defense to be good, right? Like it is a good defense. We, we kind of expect that understanding there's injuries, but what I, what I was really impressed with from this game were the chunk plays, the chunk yardage that Sam Houston got. It, it seems like every game was a struggle to get points, struggle to get down the field to get points. And the couple of times that, uh, you know, they would hit a, a tight end seam pass against Jacksonville state or something for about 20 yards for a touchdown. But I mean, chunk plays you 52 yard run from Adrian Murdoch. I don't care. He plays for the cats and he scored a touchdown, right? He went 52 yards. Give him the ball some more. Right. You, you had, you had drives. You had eight plays, 62 yards. You had late in the game, right? You had had a long drive down there. To, to get that last or a 45 yard interception return defense scored you a touchdown four plays to go 48 yards three plays to go 75 with Keegan getting you a 21 yard run to end that there you know that's the kind of stuff and you could see where these drives started the defense was really solid to get them into the position around midfield and then the offense took over and you know, they, they did exactly what they needed to do. But this, this I think, is the most impressive offensive performance that uh, I've seen this year from the Cats. By far, by far. And I'm glad you brought up those chunk plays. I think we were four weeks into the season, and I saw a stat that said Liberty was leading the nation in 10-plus yard rushing plays, and I think they had anywhere between 35 and 40 through four games. And you know how many we had through those first four games of 10-plus? Four. Zero. We were the only team really? in the country, only team in the country without a 10 plus yard run play through the first four weeks of the season. So to see these chunk plays start to come, um, it's been really good. And it was on the ground and through the air. I mean, Keegan had a couple 15, 20 plus yard runs with his legs. We saw Noah Smith break some really long um, receptions where he catches it about 10 yards upfield and it kind of works his magic. We saw the 52 yard um, run for a touchdown. Uh, Jack Sherrard had a big, I think, 30, 40 yard catch. So that was really good to see. And once once you can get those big plays, I think it opens up this offense because um, there's a lot of motion in this offense. There's a lot of creativity in it. And if you can start to kind of loosen up that defense, I think it's a really good sign for what this offense can do. Well, the defense hasn't been afraid. They're not afraid you're going to be able to get by them. They're not afraid you're going to break the big play. And I'd have to go back and look, but I'm curious if defenses have kind of shifted a little bit to maybe try to put a little more pressure uh, up at the line of scrimmage, maybe get to Keegan a little more because they're not worried about anyone beating them deep. Everything is always short. They any and short passes are fine. Short short screen passes can go for 50 yards, it, but the defense has to respect your players can do that. And if and they only gonna do it by you actually making them respect you. Yeah. So so that's the thing that's gonna open up this offense. And now will they see a little more soft zone and allow some of those short passes and running plays to take hold a little bit more effectively? Right. Yeah. And Keeler said in his uh press conference yesterday that a lot of the success recently has come from uh, figuring out what they have personnel-wise, knowing who they have and how to best utilize them. Um, so now that they know kind of how to move in their offense, know who they have, know what they do well, how can the defense adjust to it now that we've had some success? So that's going to be really interesting. And, um, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. I mean, if they can keep adjusting and doing well these next couple of weeks, I think it's going to be a really good sign going into next year. I have a question. Yep. Why are they waiting till week 11, 12 to start figuring out the best places to put their offensive players in? My God, Ben, that's what that's what should have been done the first three. I get it. If it takes two or three games, I get it. But good Lord, we got to have that figured out by week 11. I, I I totally get where you're coming from, but I'll I'll give kind of the devil's advocate is you lose arguably your top receiver six or seven days before the first game. Um, First couple of games are really tough against really tough opponents. You switch quarterbacks for a game. You go back to that quarterback, and then you lose Ife Adei and Zach Urbacek at the same time. You get John Gentry rolling. He gets hurt. Um, 
you bring in a bunch of new receivers. And so for a couple of weeks now, you've kind of rolled with the same personnel for the first time all season. And so I think that might be where they're coming from because the guys that you thought you were going to rely on go down and then they come back and then they might go back down again, or they might be out for the whole year. So this is really the first time we've kind of had the same group in there for the most part. And I understand that. And and that, that does make sense. Now I'm also going to provide a counter. I'm here for it. I know you are, and you, you're going to have a good answer. You always do. So here we go. Injuries. I get that. What you said makes perfect sense. But if you know going into the first week of the season, your wide receiver is gone, that gives you a week to go, okay, what do we have and how can we adjust? And, and I understand injuries hurt. They happen. They can hurt that game. But it, you can't let an injury hurt multiple weeks. And I, I think that's the thing that happened. And that's what I would like to see corrected. Yeah, and I think it, and I, I think I can see it both ways. I, I think it was kind of the perfect storm the first month where third OC in three years, um, first time Keegan's been your starter going into week one, dealing with injuries, playing a power five opponent on the road, um, in the first couple of weeks. And so I think that's kind of how it started. And then it just kind of snowballed from there. Um, and then you finally got your footing in Conference USA and got it rolling. So not that it's an excuse. It shouldn't be. Obviously, the first month of the season was pretty pitiful um, from an offensive perspective. But I can see it both ways. And um, hopefully it's corrected going into next year. And this is the offense we see more consistently. It's bringing excuses. Corey's bringing facts. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding>. yeah. <laughs> no, no, I, I see it both ways. I can, I can really see it both ways. And I, I don't want to make excuses. I just think that's kind of where that statement comes from and kind of why it might've turned out the way it was. And um, I also we'll, want to give, go ahead. We'll give the whole story and allow the listener to uh, come away with, with which conclusion they want to go with. How about that? Yeah, I think we painted both sides pretty well, and I don't care which side you take. But I also <laughs> want to give – I don't really care. I mean, I think they're both good points. But I also want to give Keegan Shoemaker his flowers for the past um, six, seven games. I tweeted this after the game, and uh, Ish actually retweeted this. Yeah. Um, he, Keegan Shoemaker, since conference play started seven games, 65% completion percentage, um, 1,850 yards, 14 touchdowns, five interceptions, and they're averaging 26 points a game. Um, so since conference play started, I mean, and that's just through the air. I mean, we've seen what he's done to, with his feet at times also. So a 65% completion percentage, averaging 230, 240 a game, 14 to five touchdown to intercepted ratio, and you're putting up 26 points a game. Um, not setting the world on fire, but He's provided some stability that they definitely needed. And I think he's done a pretty good job. He's done everything you can ask. The only thing, I mean, maybe you could say let's lower the interception total a little bit, but the increase in touchdown totals is something that's almost a three to one ratio. That's, that's pretty solid. That's pretty solid in football. So maybe, maybe the coaching staff knew what they were doing when they inserted Keegan at the beginning of the year. And this is why I've kind of been – and there's definitely been moments where you want more from him, but I saw what he did in the spring. I saw what he did in training camp before the season. And this is the version we saw of him most of the time then is the reason why he was named the starter. And he's also done this pretty much all season with uh, six, seven string running backs and your fifth, sixth, seventh wide receivers and O-linemen that have been in and out. And so – Doing it with those circumstances also is really impressive. So um, just proud of him and the, the, the development he's shown really the past month or two. Yeah, no, he, he's he been outstanding. And it's uh, it's really good to see. And it's it's good to see the Cats get two wins. Uh, it's been a while. And listen, I think we all kind of needed that, that game. I think we really did. Like, in, in so many ways, they needed that. The fans needed that. There's nothing brings you a little happiness I like winning. Uh, yeah. And so it, it just just keep it keep that positivity going this week and let's go play hard, you know? Yep. Yep. Tic tac toe three in a row. Let's try to do it. Wow, that's almost like easy peasy lemon squeezy. Yeah, I heard that one earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> I have a seven year old. I hear a lot of those. <laughs> 
Uh, I won't say where I heard mine from. Not from a seven-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the part where we transition over to talking about the cat fun. <laughs> ben, uh, I know, man, you guys have had a lot of giveaways. You've had golf tournaments here in the last couple of months. Things are really kind of picking up. Kind of give us an update on uh, on where things stand with the cat fund right now. Yeah, first of many basketball contracts is completed. We are working on contracts with our other players, and those should be done here really within the next couple of days, um, next week or so. So that's going to be really exciting to have um, have these basketball guys on deals. And then we're moving, looking ahead to baseball because um, that schedule got announced, which I'm sure maybe in a couple of weeks we'll get into. But um, yeah, it's it's basketball season. We're excited to have these deals going. We've already got one of them put into place. We've got some more or really pretty much all of them that will be in place in the next week. And so really exciting time with football, um, starting to get some wins, basketball starting up, getting these deals done, baseball on the horizon. It's it's a fun time. Oh, believe you me, today I was thinking about putting some baseball in this episode. You're going to get baseball. You're going to have to keep me from putting baseball in episodes because that is my favorite sport. And uh I love college baseball. I have followed college baseball as long as I can remember. Uh, taking a few trips, fortunately, to uh, I had parents that that was what they did. We we went my senior year in high school. That's what I asked for, for actually for graduation present. Went to College World Series for two weeks uh, back at Rosenblatt. So been there. It is a fun time, and I highly recommend it if you ever get a chance. And hopefully, we're there supporting our cats soon. Man, that would be that'd be a dream. They got close in seventeen. Um, they, they've been uh, they made the regional that year, and I mean they've made some noise in the tournament. So I, I, it's not that far off of a dream. I mean, it's definitely something that's obtainable. Hopefully, in the near future, and it's definitely something we're going to talk a lot about, but not right now, because we need Ben to tell us how people can get involved with the cat fund and who can get involved with the cat fund. Yeah, anybody, anybody starting as little as $10 a month up to $1,000 a month, cat-fund.com is the place to go. Anybody and everybody, tell your friends that everybody can get involved in it, everybody can get in on it, and uh, like I said, starting $10 a month, cat-fund.com, they've got everything there. $10, man, that's like a Whataburger fries without a drink. <laughs> yeah, no drink, don't... <laughs> you can't get, get the drink far. for 10 bucks. the drink is 12 all right? That's... Don't get too far ahead of yourself. I'm t- I, well, I mean, nowadays when you start hearing $10, you're like, oh, that's that's not near as much as it was before. I know. It's whew, a little pricey just to go get us some Whataburger. Yeah, yes, yes, it is. <laughs> but it's not so pricey to get to donate to Cat Fund. Yes, that is true. Cheaper than a number one meal, whatever the number one is, the Whataburger, I think it is. <laughs> It is the Whataburger, and you can yeah. add cheese on it too. I love the cheese. I like Probably two or three dollars for the cheese, right? I don't know why we're giving Whataburger free advertising here, but we are. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, the orange color, I guess. Maybe, maybe a future sponsorship. I don't know. You know what I was thinking? Maybe Whataburger could team up with Eternal Roofing, and Eternal Roofing could install those. Then we know Whataburger would have the highest quality roofs with the highest quality product right yeah because that's what eternal roofing does ben talk about quite the collaboration the partnership i mean we're speaking it into existence (laughs) i'm out here making deals i don't even know why i'm doing this right now honestly i should just get on the phone with whataburger's chief whoever that is oh yeah i'm sure you got a direct line to him you know people yeah anyway back to eternal roofing <laughs> they use certain shingles and those are known for their superior weather resistance i'm sure you can paint them orange and white they last forever and they have that stunning appeal of a whataburger roof i'm sure taylor's like yeah great Corey, keep going <laughs> hey look they're not just roofing though ben that's that's the thing about eternal roofing They also do general contracting services, which we will get into here in a little bit, but we are, holy moly, we're recording this. It is November the 14th. If that doesn't strike a chord 
with you that, that the holiday season is upon us. It should, because that starts next week. And that means one thing, Ben, we need Christmas lights. And who we do, do we go to for that? That's uh, Eternal Roofing. They do it as well. Everything you mentioned, general contracting, roofing, but as well as Christmas lights. And almost a month away, which is crazy, because I know we started talking about this and saying you'll need it in a couple months. But now it's like one month. You better get on it and call them while you can. You're running out of time to get Christmas lights up or it's going to be January. Yeah. And that looks weird if you put Christmas lights up in January. Yeah, I think you can get away with it in November. I think that's okay with most people. January, it's like, okay, let's let's move on. Let's, let's move on to what, what's next, Valentine's Day maybe? I don't well, know. Well, let, let's not wait then. Let's have them give a call. If you want to call the Hill Country office, the area code is 830-251-5673. The Montgomery office, area code 936-215-8539. You can also email Taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at Eternal Roofing, tx.com eternal roofing they are your source for all of your roofing general contracting and christmas light needs well ben football's not the only thing going on men's and women's basketball has been going full tilt and the men's basketball team i, I mean they played a good utah valley team and that's a that's a solid that's a top of the whack Utah Valley team they have been. Yeah, yeah, they uh they actually won the league last year. A lot of turnover, but they're I think they're picked third in the whack this year, and they're they're going to be really good again. Yeah, they and they they lost in overtime, so it's not a bad loss. Uh, you know, it it, it definitely didn't feel good, I'm sure, for Coach Mudge and the players to lose that game. But then they go out to Oklahoma State, and look, they give the Cowboys a fight there too. Yeah, it was. And man, this was, it was a lot closer than, I don't know if you remember, we, I think we lost by 30 or 40 to North Texas in the NIT last year, but this game felt a lot like that. Oklahoma State had a historic shooting day, um, shooting 51.5% uh, from three, and they hit 17 threes, including 10 of 17 in the second half. And so um, just kind of felt like an uphill battle that day. It was just kind of a day that Oklahoma State just kind of felt like they were going to run away with it just because of how well they were shooting. They they actually got their best player back in Javon Small. He didn't play in the first game. East Carolina transfer that averaged almost 20 a game there last year. So um, they were operating at full speed. They played really well. Um, I think we had it within six or seven points with about 10 minutes left. Uh, but just kind of ran out of steam and they just continued to shoot the lights out. And sometimes you run into teams like that. So, um, yeah, 0-2 this week. I think there's some encouraging signs. There's also some things to work on, but we'll get into it. Well, yeah, and look, this week, Friday, they play. They've got uh, one game this week on the road. Uh, they'll play Ole Miss, and then they'll be back on the road again next Monday at Troy. And then uh, – that's a Trojan class. So they're playing Monday and Wednesday in Alabama. They got a hotel for a few days there, I guess. Yeah, you probably make a whole trip out of it with Ole Miss. And I don't know if they'll come back and then go. But, yeah, a couple road games in a row um, coming up. And Ole Miss is it's a game that might be winnable. I mean, they're undefeated so far. But it, it was a not very convincing win against Alabama State and a game where you were only up by, like, two at the half against Eastern Washington. So, um, not going to say we should be favored in, but it's a game that you should be able to compete in. Every game is a winnable game if you score more points than the other team. And, and that's what I said a couple of weeks ago. We beat Kennesaw, just score more points than the other team. You can't get more factual than that. <laughs> yeah, can't dumb it down anymore. No, I mean, look, that's the key. Guys, I should coach, really. I just walk in the locker room and go, guys, look, it's easy. Score more. That's all you got to do. Just tell them to run the touchdown player, the three-point player, the or the home run play. I mean, so all you got to do, hey, just go run the touchdown play. <laughs> throw the ball. Hey, throw strikes. That's it. Just throw, <laughs> hey, no, just throw strikes, right? Yeah. You know, if it's down the middle, they'll only hit it every now and then, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, you know, the men's team, it, that loss at home to Utah Valley, did you see some things that were kind of encouraging to you from that one? It was a little bit of everything. I think I think we'll start with the bad. The first one that I think has to be the top of your concern is Cam Hoofner left the game in the first half 
um, early on in the first half, and he didn't play the rest of the game, didn't play against Oklahoma State. I, I think he's going to be back. What that timetable looks like, I haven't heard quite yet. Um, but he was arguably your most important piece coming into this year. First game of the year, he almost had a double-double. Um, so really elite, 6-7 versatile stretch four. So I think that hurt a lot. I think the first half you shot 19% from the field, but still had a lead somehow. 15 of your 24 points came from the line. So the bad was you lose Cam Hoofner. The offense looked really bad, really bad in that first half. But the good thing is, is I think they started to find something offensively. Second half against Utah Valley looked a lot better offensively. Uh, looked a lot better offensively against Oklahoma State, shot it much, much better. So um, I think there's definitely some stuff you can build on, definitely stuff you got to work on and got to figure out some new rotations now that you don't have Cam Hoofner. Um, but yeah, I, I'd love to see the offense just start to get going because it was definitely spotty against Pacific, was really bad first half against Utah State. But the last three halves of basketball has looked much, much better. Did they – is there any timetable on uh, on Cam? Yeah, I haven't asked. Um, usually they, they, they're they kind of close to the vest when it comes to injuries. Um, it's definitely something I might ask here. Soon, I, I've heard he's probably going to come back. I've heard he is going to return at some point this year. It looks like what that looks like. Not 100% sure, but obviously he's a huge piece of this team. He was your leading scorer that returned from last year. So um, definitely need him. That's for sure. Yeah, I mean, you could, they could give us a time frame without giving away the farm, you know. I mean, it's <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have something. We'll have something here soon. Well, and, and without him, though, you said the offense has been a little better. I don't. I'm not saying that he's the reason, but they all do need to kind of learn. It's got to flow. It's going to take. I'm gonna. I think if we ask Coach Mudge, he would say ten games. Probably. And I think the reason why it looks so bad in the first half is he went out probably five or six minutes into the game. Um, and so that those 15 or so minutes at the end of the first half, I think that's part of why it looks so sloppy. Um, but hopefully they've kind of figured some things out until he can get back. And um, yeah, it looks much better the last three halves of play. Just got to continue to build on that. Awesome. Well, the women started their season two. They started Saturday afternoon at home against Houston Christian. And they they beat the Huskies 67-65. Now, we are recording this on Tuesday evening. It is a couple hours before the women start their game against the Cougars at Houston. So what did you see from their game against HCU? And what should we look for tonight on ESPN Plus or when people watched on ESPN Plus uh, against Houston? Yeah, Houston's a good team. But looking back at Houston Christian, um, it was a game that you just dominated the first half. I mean, you were up by uh, by about 15 points at halftime. And it just kind of feels like we let our foot off the gas. I mean, up 15 at the half, only win by two. Um, I, I, your big player stepped up and played well, which I think was a good sign. I mean, Sydney Kemp went for 14. Diana Rosenthal, who was your top transfer, went for 12. Kaylee Jefferson had a good game going for eight points and nine rebounds. Renee Smith had a double-double going for 11 and 13. So your best players showed up, which I thought was good, and that's what you're going to need. I think the most concerning part probably is you're out-rebounded by 10. Um, so I think you just got to keep your foot on the gas. First half looked really good the way it should. Second half was a little bit disappointing, uh, but you come out with a win, found a way to win games. And, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of see how they do against a pretty good U of H team that's in the Big 12 tonight. Well, and – I'm looking at the upcoming schedule and after Houston, they, they host Shriner on Friday. That's a D three money game. Give them the W you're not going to learn anything there. You're going to learn absolutely nothing. Then road game at Texas state home, UTSA, Florida, A&M. Maybe those three games are where we learn about this team before they get into conference. Hopefully. Right, that's what I'm thinking, because then you've got Texas Tech and the SMUs and some other good teams coming up. So men's basketball is a little farther ahead. They're three games in against three Division One opponents. I think it's going to take a couple more games for us to kind of see where this team's at. Um, but, yeah, I, I like our top top end talent. What are we going to have come in behind that? I think it's going to be a big question. Like I said, the people you needed to perform well did. Uh, I think you're going to need a couple other people to step up. But we've got some time to see, and you've got some games to where you can figure it out. They do. And I, I think 
the Texas State UTSA game. And look, that's a good UTSA team over there with a really good coach. Uh, I, I think those games we're going to start. Uh, maybe that'll give us a little bit of an idea about Conference USA. It will, yeah, because it's a new conference. It's also similar, or it should be similar, kind of to what the WAC was. And this was a team, like I said, a week or two ago that was always consistently right in the middle of where the WAC was. I had us, I think, slightly below middle for this year. So depending on how they show that those couple games, I think will depend on where we think we might see this team end up at the end of the year when it comes to Conference USA. It's also interesting that they have three WAC opponents coming up here, UTA, UTRGV, and Utah Valley. Uh, so that's, you know, hey, look, I like to see it. And, you know, keep it in Texas as much as you can, right? And, and I think – I think you're right about that with Conference USA. I think it, we're going to see, especially on the women's side, that it, it relates a lot to how the WAC was. Yeah, yeah, it did on the men's side. I think it will on the women's side as well. Obviously, we got to let things play out and see where they fall. But um, I think this team placed third or fourth two years ago that was fifth or sixth last year. So um, I, they lost some some big names from last season's team. So like I said, maybe slightly below middle. But no reason why this team can't be competitive. They've got a lot to figure out. Um yeah, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Well, it's going to be fun to watch. And it'll also be fun to watch the Cats football game. But before we get into the next week's game, we're going to tell you again about our friends over at Eternal Roofing. They can install, repair your roof. But we talk about the general contracting services. What does that even mean? They can paint the interior, exterior of your home or business. They can install your gutters or garage doors. They can put in floors, any woodworking, crown molding, shelf needs. They've got you there, man. They can repair sheetrock if you've had an accidental hammer fly through the sheetrock, you know, like you, you a bad touchdown, the cats gave it up, and you throw the hammer across the room. It happens. But they're the ones you go to. And they all they they only use the best stuff. They're going to help you. And if you have a business, you're, you're curious about how they will work with you. They're specialists in commercial roofing. They have the ability to accommodate anything you have on your roof, including your HVAC, HVAC system. And they're going to ensure minimal disruption to your operations while, while they're installing or repairing. Give them a call. Get a hold of them. If you're in the Montgomery area, the Montgomery office, the area code is 936-215-8539. The Hill Country office, you can reach them at area code 830-251-5673. And you can always email them, taylor at eternalroofingtx.com. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R at eternalroofingtx.com. Ben, Western Kentucky. Tell us about the Hilltoppers. It's a really interesting squad. It is. It's a team that I think was almost unanimous, unanimously picked to win Conference USA, and it was kind of a trendy pick by a lot of national media to represent the group of five in a New Year's Six Bowl, but um, really hasn't turned out that way. Lost a couple close games. They've had two three-point losses. Um, they're a team that is really dynamic and explosive offensively. Um, they've had some kind of clunker games, but they've also put up some points at times and they feature, um, I mean, despite their record and kind of lack of success that they thought they'd had this year, one of the top quarterback receiver combos, maybe in the, in the entire country with Austin Reed and Malachi Corley. Um, so those are two guys that you've really, really got to watch out for offensively because they are both supremely talented, um, a team that's kind of really struggled to, to find a way to win games. I mean, Lost by three against Jacksonville State, lost by three to Troy, lost by nine to New Mexico State last year. So they've been in a lot of games, um, haven't really figured out how to win some of them. They've won some close games, but they've lost some close ones also. Pretty good defense. Um, not going to give up a ton of points. They gave up a lot to Liberty but and to New Mexico State. But when they've played um, like your Louisiana Techs, Jacksonville States, Middle Tennessee's, UTEPs, I mean, they've only given up 15, 20 points. And so... It's a defense that when they're on, I mean, they can definitely play. They've got an explosive offense, and I think it's going to really come down to which Western Kentucky team shows up this year. Uh, you lose to New Mexico State last week, which means you can't be eligible for the Conference USA Championship game anymore. 
they're probably going to find a way to beat FIU next week. They want to beat us this week to get bowl eligible. So which team for them is going to show up? Um, I think that's what it's really going to come down to for them. And that's kind of what they look like as a whole. Maybe they come in fighting for that bowl eligibility, but three conference losses, that's quite a bit right now for the, the preseason favorites. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it was unanimous, but it was close to it, and they were projected to be really good coming off a good year last year. And so similar to Louisiana Tech last week, I mean, they were coming in not being able to bowl, be bowl eligible anymore. Uh, Western Kentucky, if they would have won last week, was probably in the driver's seat to make the conference title game, but they can't do that anymore. So what kind of energy do they come in with? Well, Louisiana Tech didn't come in with a lot. We'll see what Western Kentucky comes in with. I mean, they've still got something to play for at this point, but um, their goal at the end of the season, they're not going to be able to meet. What, what kind of energy does Sam Houston come in with? Yeah, man, I, I think that they're going to be on fire. Um I think this is the best we've seen in the past two weeks. The energy around the program just feels really good. You can just kind of feel that buzz. I mean, that's what winning does. But this was a team that was already fighting hard, no matter what the result was the first month or two of the season. Now that they've had some wins under the belt, you can definitely feel the momentum building. So I think they're going to they're gonna give them their best shot. Like Keeler said, they're going to try to out-energy whoever they're playing. And if they can do that and Western Kentucky comes in kind of sleepwalking, um, 2.30 afternoon game, uh, I think they might have a chance to kind of punch him in the mouth and have a shot to win this one, but we'll see. Winning heals a lot of wrongs and a lot of hurt feelings. Just ask Texas Rangers fans. I mean, I'll tell you myself, I no longer hate the Cardinals. Winning a World Series, winning does magical things, Ben. It does. It does, and it, it can really keep things going. And, I mean, it, like I said, the snowball earlier, if you can if you can just keep that momentum going, it's – it could really catapult the, the rest of the season forward and um, you can end up with a not too terrible record or, and you can really build in the next year or it can kind of go the other way and it can kind of go downhill again. So just hopefully the snowball keeps going the right way. And now I can laugh at all the Cardinals fans for being the ridiculous MLB fans. They are, you know, anyway, Ben, <laughs> I, I don't have a problem with you, St. Louis. That's why I can now laugh at you. That's where my wife, I'm actually flying to St. Louis in two days, funny enough. That's where my wife is from. We're spending a week up there before Thanksgiving. Well, be very careful uh, where you go. Be very careful if you miss an exit. Uh, that I, place I, is I, rough. I, I know St. Louis well enough. You don't have to warn me. I've made a trip. Okay. I know I, St. Louis. I'm no, I'm no St. Louis expert, but I know you don't want to get lost down to no do not get do not get lost yeah to all of our friends that may be making trips up there at some point do not get lost on the east side of the mississippi Ooh, no do not get lost on the north side of downtown just no don't do it no it 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 will open your eyes to a whole nother world you might not have seen before <laughs> a lot of louisiana tech fans hang out there oh man all that rust and energy <laughs> that's probably the problem yeah Back to the Hilltoppers. We got to focus now on Western Kentucky. And looking at the line of this, Ben, we we were texting about it earlier today. I'm a little surprised by the line, by one part of it. And let's just give you what it is. Western Kentucky is favored, favored by 12 and a half points. The over-under is 52 and a half. I say it makes sense. The over-under. I can see that over-under. What my issue is, Ben, is how in the world is Western Kentucky 12.5-point favorites? Uh, yeah, a couple of things. So the, they've had three conference wins. Only one of them has been by more than 12.5. The other two were by eight and by seven. Um, so when they have one in conference, it hasn't even been by a lot. And we were talking earlier that uh, Vegas is sometimes behind the group of five trend. Um, Western Kentucky, like we said, came into this year as one of the kind of trendy picks to make a, uh, a New Year's Six Bowl, was unanimously picked to win the conference. And they might kind of just expect that from them, especially with having Austin Reed and Malachi Corley there. Um, so maybe the betting market is a little behind. I said I probably would have had this game around the seven, maybe seven and a hook, maybe six and a half. But yeah, I was a little surprised to see it that high. Okay. So it's time to say what Vegas should have said. 
<laughs> we're gonna tell you vegas okay that's, uh, that's yeah. how you always win right yeah that's how you do it uh vegas says the hilltoppers win 33 to 20 what say you ben yeah i i feel like i've been wrong almost every week we've done these and so I hope I'm wrong again. I think it's going to be really close. We haven't seen San Houston not compete with the Conference USA team. I think it's going to be a little tough going back-to-back road trips. This is a really explosive offense. Um, If they show up, I think it could become a really high-scoring offense. But I think we're going to keep it close. I'm going to say that we lose 30-28. to Um, So I'm going to go over, and uh, I'm going to keep it really close. I don't think they're that much better than us, but then – um having some explosive weapons on offense being at home back-to-back travel weeks for us i think might be a little too much for us to overcome but i think we've got a shot at it but i'm going to say close loss 30 to 28 okay okay i think people could live with that but and i've been wrong a lot ben i've been wrong a whole lot this year too i'm trying a new approach you know in soccer They talk about form. What kind of form is a team in? And they look at the last five. I like in football to look at the last four. Right? Last four overall. And then I also take in to look at where the location is. Do they do better at home or road? How does that work? Well, at home, it's it's mixed results for Western Kentucky this year. When I look at the last four games, 2017 loss at Jacksonville State, a 42-29 loss at home, a 21-13 win in El Paso, and a 38-29 loss at home. That's not a real good form. So when I take a peek over at the Cats' last four, you have a 33-27 double OT loss to Florida International. At home, you have a 37-34 loss to UTEP at home, a 24-21 win over Kennesaw at home, and a 42-27 win on the road over La Tech. Then I look at, like I said earlier, how they play on the road. BYU is a road game, true road game. They only only lost by 14 at BYU. Houston, 38-7. I would say that that is a respectable showing seeing how Houston has, has come back. I mean, the Big 12 is tough. Right, and you played two Big 12 teams. Also on the road, you fought Liberty, 21-16. You had New Mexico State. It wasn't the greatest, but you still only lost by 14 in that. Then you go on this last week, and you win on the road. It's setting up. It's setting up for us, Ben. And I think that I'm going to go... 27 24 cats i like it i do i really want to pick us i i really believe we can win this game i've just been wrong so much i'm just picking western western kentucky and it's uh, and a hoping very, for the best. it's a very winnable game yes very winnable game these last two games are very winnable the cats that showed up last week Bring that same energy. And I'm with you, man. I Once that energy gets going, I think Keeler is the perfect guy to keep that going, right? Like, he, he's, it's hard to bring – I think sometimes he struggles to bring your energy back up if, if it starts to falter. But when that positivity starts flowing, this guy's really good at, keep, at, at getting that, that, that ball just rolling and it just gains steam. Yeah, the 21 wins in a row. I mean, and – and 2021 is a, is a great example of it. Yeah, once this ball gets rolling, it's good. And he's he's emphasized just got to keep stacking wins, got to out-energy these teams. And, uh, yeah, if they bring that energy, I don't think there's a reason why they can't win it. Um, I, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I just – I've been wrong so many times. I'm picking Western Kentucky. I've been wrong a lot too. So, either way, one of us is going to be right this week, huh? Maybe, maybe they'll tie. I mean, maybe it'll be the first one. They'll somehow end in a tie if this season's been wacky enough. We'll go back to the 80s now, right? <laughs> Where we end in a tie. I know. It'll be a trivia question for someone 30 years from now, how it ended in a tie. <laughs> well, and I think we need to take this. Like, 
honestly, I, I think next year one of us needs to pick one and the other pick. So this way, one of us can always be right. This way, we never lose. Yeah, we should do a pick them next year where you get a point for winner of the game, point for over under, and point for spread. We should we should start something like that. I, I keep I have a record of games we pick on the non FBS podcast with Riley Zayas. And uh, right now we're heading into week 12, final week of the regular season for FCS. Playoffs have started for all the rest, and I'm up one game. One game. Pressure. First time. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, man. I I might have to actually spend a little more time studying this week. We'll see. Oh, I'm sure you already spend a ton, Corey. Don't do that to yourself. I would see. I don't. I don't feel I do, man. No, that's that's the joke. <laughs> yeah, no, because all I do is just watch football. Like, I guess that's studying. I don't know. I, it's not a real job, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I wish school was just studying and watch. I wish watching <laughs> football counted as studying for school when I was in school. Yeah, well, it does for me now. So that's all that matters. <laughs> Got there eventually. <laughs> hey, well, Ben, thank you so much. It's a pleasure having you on and doing this with you. We will be back next week and we want to say a big thank you to every person who listens and watches and if you watch god help you but thank you without you none of this is even possible for us until next time ben you're on a streak man let's keep it rolling yeah tic-tac-toe three in a row let's keep it going easy peasy lemon squeezy 